The Field, Aterdi's own podcast. Stories from people committed to protecting children around the world. Hello and welcome to this new episode of The Field. Today we will meet Lin Farhat, who is a psychologist working for Terdizom in Lebanon. Lebanon is currently going through a, a very difficult economic and political crisis. So how are you personally experiencing it and does it affect your work and how? Uh, it's definitely affecting me both at a personal level and professional level. Because there's been a lot of roadblocks and lockdowns. Uh, a lot of times it's either too dangerous to go out or too difficult to go out and like you have to take a lot of precautions and safety measures. Uh, so going to the field is difficult right now and making any form of movement prior is very difficult. So we are the type of people who are living day by day, regardless of a pandemic. It's mainly because of the political instability and the political crisis. And we're also facing an economic crisis. Um, at a personal level, it's been a bit difficult because right now, unfortunately, because of what's been happening because of the economic situation. Um, I've been the only source of income for my family and my sister is currently enrolled in university. And so the tuition fees are becoming higher and higher and everything in Lebanon price-wise is increasing. Thankfully, we are able to meet all basic needs, but everything else is becoming a privilege or a luxury. So you really have to prioritize what you would like to spend your money on and based on necessities. And this is something maybe I wasn't very used to before. This is probably like the first time I try to account everything, even if uh, if it's buying food, like how, how long the food has to last me or last the family. On top of that, we all remember the horrible blast that devastated parts of Beirut uh, in August last year. Where were you when this happened? Uh, fortunately, I wasn't in the office because where the office is located was one of the areas that uh, was affected by the Beirut blast and not affected slightly, but severely affected. That day, we most of us either were on leave or on half day. We left er the office early because one of our colleagues at uh, Terdezom uh, was getting married. So we had left the office early to go prepare for the wedding, to get dressed and all of that. Um, personally, I was uh, at the salon doing my hair and nails, uh, getting ready and preparing myself for the wedding. And that's when it happened. And it was a really traumatic incident to live. Not something I necessarily like to remember, but something I've learned to process. And uh, it was a really difficult day for a lot of people. And if I'm not wrong, you studied in London. What made you come back to Lebanon uh, after studying in London? Uh, the idea of coming back to Lebanon was because I wanted to take experience from abroad and come back to help my country. Uh, psychology, when I was studying psychology, it wasn't a very rich field. It was still growing. It was still developing. And um, we needed external support. We needed uh, ex external expertise to be able to contribute to reforming the mental health system in Lebanon. And my life's goal and ambition is reforming the mental health system in Lebanon because really it needs a lot of work 
We need to break a lot of stigma. We really need to work on removing a lot of taboos. In Lebanon, mental, uh, accessing mental health services is a huge luxury and privilege, especially that there's no insurance in Lebanon that covers any psychiatric consultation or psychological consultation or psychological assessment. And, and it's very expensive to begin with. So people tend to not go for it because they don't consider it a need because of how expensive it is. So this is why even, especially right now, people are overlooking seeing a therapist. So this is why I came back to London to learn abroad, see what it's like outside, see what's working and what's not working. What are the good practices? What are challenges? and come back to Lebanon and contribute to reforming the mental health system and contextualizing uh, all of the framework that I learned. Humanitarian or development work can create many emotions. It can also be very difficult. You can be faced with uh, complicated situations or, or poverty. How do you manage to leave the job behind you when you get home uh, in the evening after a day of work? Um, honestly, it's very difficult to do so because we're living it. Uh, this is something that's on the news 24-7 in Lebanon. Like, yes, we do have a lot of underprivileged societies and it's different from area to area. And maybe some parts are not fully covered by the news or not mentioned in the news. But it's very difficult to put it behind because especially the... When you work in a humanitarian field, you, you feel like you have a certain level of responsibility to help make the change happen and help contribute and help just help in any way possible and give people some sort of hope or something to go on to just to live another day. But my personal way of trying to disconnect or try to at least minimize the effects of the situations I hear or the situations I witness is really trying to at least disconnect for an hour from all forms of social media. And dancing is a coping technique for me. So it helps me take out all of the energy or frustration inside me for because sometimes I feel so helpless that I can't do anything more than this. So it does help in uh, relieving my frustration. Knowing that it's difficult and that um, there's a lot of frustration, what motivates you most on a daily basis in your work? Mainly the fact that I have a lot of people supporting me in what I do, that they also believe in my cause, they also believe what I'm fighting for. And also, I know a lot of times we do look at uh, the people that we couldn't help or or the people uh, who are still in, still in need of help, but... Uh, we tend to forget to look at the people that we have helped, the people that have reached places, the people whose lives have changed because of our contribution, even if it was a very minimal contribution, but it creates that ripple effect. I mean, that that alone, seeing success stories, uh, seeing people look at you with hope, just as long as you're giving them a safe environment, a safe space to talk, the, the ability to express, the ability to just give them any form of hope or sign that tomorrow might be better or the future might be better, even just this possibility, this motivates me at a whole different kind of level. If you weren't a psychologist right now, what, what else would you be doing? What other job would you be doing? Um, I know it's very uh, different from what I'm currently doing, but I would be a dancer. 
Uh, I would have liked to be a full-time dancer, even if it's something that I'm doing right now. Um, but it's something I do part-time and uh, not in the intensity or the professional level that I necessarily want. I would be competing internationally, not just nationally. And I would be traveling to take work abroad. Uh, I would have loved to be giving dance classes. I would uh, want to be part of the coaching or curriculum development and dancing. <laughs> this is a huge uh, part of my life and although I prefer psychology but uh, there is an aspect of dancing that could never leave my heart. Do you manage to integrate dance in your psychology trainings? Uh, definitely. Um, actually my clinical training was in dance therapy so this is why I went to London because this program is not found in Lebanon and I, given the therapeutic effect that dancing had on me I did want to share this experience with others. And uh, back then, dancing was growing in Lebanon and becoming more acceptable. So a lot of people were investing in dancing. Um, and at the same time, I realized that words are not the only form of expression. There are several other ways people can express, if it was by drawing, by coloring, by painting, um, by dancing. So dancing is a form of communication, but using movement. And at the same time, it has a very interesting concept of using the way that a mental health condition can make you feel and giving the uh, opposite effect of it. So for example, someone who has depression usually feels very heavy and heavy on their feet and maybe just like stiff or in need of being more, more light. So in this situation, I give him or her movement that would make him or her feel lighter. And this way it creates the counter effects and would help first of all in behavioral activation and in processing or like forming hormones that are responsible for the feeling of happiness or at least satisfaction. Uh, so yeah, this is like an example of how I've integrated psychology and dancing. We are reaching the end of this episode. Thank you so much, Lean, for answering my questions today. Thank you for having me and hope to speak to you soon. Bye. You can listen to more stories from humanitarian staff around the world in the other episodes of the podcast. Just look for The Field on Spotify, Buzzsprout or Apple Podcasts. Goodbye and thank you for following us. Thank you.